Hey, it's the Drunk Tank Podcast every Wednesday night from the makers of RVB. We got Jeff Bernie, Gus, and Jack, too. It's the RT Podcast coming at you. It's the Drunk Tank Podcast. It's the Drunk Tank Podcast. Gus is a nerd, Jeff likes dudes, Bernie is the man, and Jack is fat. It's the Drunk Tank Podcast. It's the Drunk Tank Podcast. It's a podcast. Like he said. It's a podcast. So I guess Freddie Mercury recorded that before he died? Then? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, crazy. It was a great, great uh, impersonation we had there. Man. But yeah, uh, it's, that was not Freddie Mercury, I don't think. No. Hey, speaking of Freddie Mercury... Uh, he was dead, by the way. News. I hope that's not a spoiler. You have, and you have his mustache right now. I have his fucking mustache and, right and now. And you have his AIDS. And I had his AIDS. I, got, I, got, I beat the AIDS, but uh, guess what happened to me, dude? What happened? You know, I think we talked about it briefly, but Griffin and I got robbed, uh, like Jack style, a couple weeks ago. You got jacked. And we got jacked. And uh, interestingly enough, Jack got a brand new computer and a TV that looks a lot like our old TV. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> I mean, I mean to ask him about that. I ha- I had to sh- to grow this mustache because we were doing reshoots on something that required me to have a mustache. I'm not going to say what it is or what the project is or any of that, but uh, I was required by the company to grow a mustache for a shoot, so I did. Company then, mandate. Company mandate. So then I happily shaved the mustache, and uh, unfortunately, we had to do reshoots, so I was required to regrow the mustache, which I hate. And people keep calling me a pedophile, which I get because I, I don't, it's not my scene, the mustache. And uh, so I, I, we do our reshoots on, I guess, Monday. And then so Tuesday morning I get up and I'm like, thank God, I'm going to – right before I go to work, I'm going to shave off this hideous mustache. And uh, I go into my closet to discover that on top of everything else I own that was stolen from me, the thieves stole my razor. They, they, <laughs> was it like a straight razor? Or an yeah, they stole razor? my razors and my, like my, my uh, clippers. Like my hair clippers. That's gross, dude. It, no, they're gross. It's just like hair clippers full of my hair. Maybe they're trying to make a Jeff clone, and it's like the, that's like the whole robbery. Well, they have, a, they have enough that. hair to make a, a Jeff army. <laughs> but like how fucking demoralizing is it to wake up and go to shave and realize that you don't even – like they took that from me too. That's the, like that's, on top of everything else they stole from me, they took my ability to get rid of this mustache. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking no, of – No, think of it as they gave you a mustache. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so they took everything from me and gave me a mustache I don't want, yeah. which thanks, guys. Uh, speaking of your mustache, somebody today on the site asked me if you were mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> because of the mustache? Yeah, they were like, what's with Jeff's mustache? Is he mad at you? Man, that's really, really funny. Sucks. <laughs> Luckily, the uh, Austin Police Department has the, their crack investigative team on the case. I, uh, after we got robbed, I called the cops and I reported it to uh, the police department. And I said, are you guys going to come dust? Or for fingerprints or anything, and the lady in the phone goes, <laughs> "No," and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, what should I do?" And she's like, "We put it in the system. Here's your case number. You'll get a call in 24 hours." And I go, "Okay, great." And she's like, "A detective will be, you know, assigned to the case, and uh, you know, somebody from CSI Austin will be assigned to the case, and uh, they will contact you within 24 hours." And so I'm thinking, I'm feeling pretty good about that. And then 24 hours go by, and I don't hear anything. And then 48 hours go by, and I don't hear anything. And I think, hmm, well, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of crimes out there, so maybe uh, things are they're just a little backed up. 
But after two and a half days, I call them back just to be like, hey, just checking in on things. And they go, oh, yeah, you were assigned the detective, detective so-and-so. That's not his real name, by the way. I'm protecting his identity. Uh, so valiant. Yeah. And so detective so-and-so, uh, they give me his number. And so I call. He's not there. So I leave detective so-and-so a message. And I wait two days, and I don't hear back from detective so-and-so. So I call and leave another message, and I don't hear back from him. And instead, I get a letter in the mail from detective so-and-so, a form letter, by the way, that's not even actually signed by him. It actually has his stamped signature on it that says, hey, detective so-and-so here, I'm really, really busy these days, so I don't have time to talk to you. Like, literally, I don't have time to actually talk to you on the phone. So just email me everything that was stolen, and we'll take care of it. And I go, okay. So I emailed the details of the case and everything that was stolen. Didn't hear back for three or four days. So I sent a second email that was like, hey, I uh, just want to make sure you got the first email, Detective So-and-so. It's, you know, the case is cold at this point, I'm afraid. It's gone from CSI Austin to cold case. Yeah, so like <laughs> we moved into the cold case. We're going to be in basic cable before I know it. And uh, so um, two days later, I get an email back which is a very reassuring email from Detective So-and-so that says, Mr. Ramsey, I have received your emails. Nice. And that's it. No thanks, or we're working on it. Uh, have a nice day. I'm sorry about your loss. Uh, no pretense that we give a shit in any way whatsoever. Just, I have received your emails. I'm not going to do anything with them. I'm just letting you know he's, he's, I received them. He's probably too busy out giving traffic tickets. Yeah. Austin <laughs> fucking loves giving traffic tickets. Is, Hate investigating crimes, though. I've actually kind of been surprised by that because the, based on the cop experience I've had with being pulled over and handed tickets, I thought that they were very proactive. <laughs> but I guess that's the only thing that they're focused on. Yeah, they're totally focused on on giving young women traffic tickets. I know. They're, I can, they're, they're not I interested in helping dudes with creepy mustaches I <laughs> recover their lifestyle. I should have told them the dudes that stole my stuff sped away a, in a school zone. Yeah, <laughs> while texting on a cell phone. Yeah, while texting on a cell phone. Then they'd have helicopters out looking for him. Man. <sighs> you know, it's funny. And I always I'm, – I'm not that – I hear from girls and everyone who knows a girl that girls don't get traffic. All you have to do is like bat your eyelashes or cry a little bit about something. I've uh-huh. never, ever gotten out of a traffic – if I get pulled over, it's like, okay, I know they're going to throw the book at me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like I'm just not – I don't, don't that charm. Do you think it might be like – that they pull pull you over and they roll down the window and you've got like more tattoos than them and a giant piercing and they're like, uh... You know, I always forget that I even have... You might be a little intimidating. They're scared of you so they give yeah. you a ticket. It's like when the, when the elementary <laughs> school boys have a crush on a girl, they like push her down and they <laughs> run away and they hit her. That's, my mom always told me that the boys are intimidated by me. That's why I never got asked out. So you're probably right. Yeah, that's that's probably what, like, right. The cops are all scared. They like throw a ticket in the window like, ah, and they run back to their car and speed <laughs> off. It's like, I hope she calls me. <laughs> <laughs> you're just too pretty. Yeah, so that's what it is. Um, but the funny thing about the tattoos and piercings, once you have them, you forget that you have them. Like I've, I've mellowed out a lot in my old age, I guess. Um, I used to be a little bit more hardcore with dressing or like listen, like music I listened to or whatever. Uh-huh. And I just, now I feel so conservative in comparison to what I was at like 19 that it surprises me that anyone still thinks of me in any way that's not just like, I don't know, like boring woman at the grocery store. Boring yeah. suburbanite. Yeah. That's certainly how I think of you. <laughs> But that's what I'm into, so it's, it's a perfect <laughs> relationship for me. Uh, before we get too far away from the beginning of the podcast, I had a quick retraction or uh, a correction to make. Shit. After I talked about... Uh, Can I say, wait, real fast. Can I set this up? What's that? Um, is this the first ever retraction we've done on the podcast? I think Bernie's retracted something. Once. Oh, has he? So this yeah. is retraction number two. Yeah. Um, I was talking about global income and U.S. income taxes. On sure. It. Uh, I, I, I had that spiel about it. So after we the podcast, I got an email from someone who said that if you live overseas and are a U.S. citizen, if you live overseas 330 days or more in a 12-month period, you can claim a foreign earned income exclusion. 
foreign oh. earned income. So exclusion. you get taxed less. But, oh, that's cool. Uh, up to a certain cap. It, but, there's a, a whole bunch of details. This isn't this isn't a financial podcast. So that's all I'm going to say about it. I'll link it so you can see if you're if you're overseas and care about it at all, which you probably aren't. There you go. Um. So, but you still have to pay taxes. Are just reduced? Uh, depends on how much money you earn, and, and you know how taxes are. It's a fucking formula. You have to call Einstein. The, the time traveling phone. And, yeah, taxes uh, explain to you. Um, but yeah, just I just I just wanted to get that out there. Just want to throw it, throw it out there because they were they were very vocal about it. I guess we all heard the the big iTunes announcement yesterday that they got the Beatles catalog on iTunes finally. Oh, which... I thought you were talking about the Revelation CD. No, yeah, I guess yeah, Beatles came out yesterday too. Unfortunate timing for them. Yeah. So hey guys, um, I mean, it, it seems like that would have been a big deal a few years ago, but it seems like people, yeah, they're kind of excited about it. But I don't know why there was such a big like hype, like pre-announcement announcement, and then do you know announcement over why it. I was reading? I always assumed that they didn't want to go to digital because. Uh, of like fighting between rights issues with Yoko and Paul, and I, don't, I think Ringo owns like three songs, and then the Jackson Estate, and like Blanket is like the richest dude in the world now. But uh, I always assumed that it was like rights issues uh, or like the like Metallica attitude where they just don't want to have their stuff online. I thought it was the Apple name or the Apple name, but apparently what it all boiled down to, I read a little blurb about it, about it this morning, is they were still selling so many CDs. They're like the only people in the world still selling CDs at like great at a great pace. They wanted to let the CD cycle run through and make as much money as they possibly could before they started going into digital sales. Interesting. So now this is the time. 2010. Yeah. So I guess like this, the, the, like they've hit the tail and they're uh, they're ready to ramp up. Funny. I looked it up yesterday. You can buy like the 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 Beatles box set, which has like 300 songs on it, for 150 dollars, and. I can understand. I mean, I don't like the Beatles. I like one song, "Golden Slumbers," and the rest of it I could kind of give a shit about. And uh, I mean, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike the Beatles. I, I can enjoy listening to them, but I would never like choose to listen to the Beatles except for that one song. But uh, I almost bought the hundred and fifty dollars box set just because it was like, oh, this is everything they ever did for one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Why not? And I was like, wait a minute, you don't want this. But I was like this close to buying it. I'm looking at the iTunes chart right now, and that box set is number eleven on top albums. Yeah, and uh, they have number seven, eight, nine. You know, I I. I'm kind of with you on the Beatles. Like, I don't know. I think it, I'm kind of sick of hearing about them, honestly. And I'm kind of like, everyone's like, oh, the greatest band of all time, blah, blah, blah. And like, get really up in arms about it. But we were doing this thing the other night where we were listening to, I don't know where you found a link, but it was all of the top songs of like every year. So like, oh like, yeah, best selling song. We went year. through like the top 10 so- top ten billboard hits of each year from like 1974 to like 82. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that was actually pretty interesting because we were listening to it and like you hear the year before, like the, the which Beatles song was it? Um, oh fuck it was like we heard like a captain and Tennille song and then the next year was like hey jude and you're like oh okay i get it yeah like, there was nothing, <laughs> kind of there was excited, nothing yeah. else yeah it's like holy shit no yeah, yeah it's it, a big deal it definitely and i don't mean to i'm not lambasting or talking shit about the beatles i understand the or about, captain Tennille. Or, or captain Tennille. they have a prolific body of work that's like unsurpassed except for maybe jay-z and uh who's had 11 who's had 10 number one he's had num- more number one albums than anyone else in history uh but uh yeah, that you like when you put it in context with listening to the other music that was out in that time, it's you understand. Like when you think of oldies, you think of like the '60s. You lump the entire decade into like 20 songs, you know? Right. But um, there's a lot of crap in there. There was so much crap in there, and you could you could look and you could be like, the Beatles would have like, I don't know, Hey Jude or Yesterday or one of those songs, and then songs two through six were just atrocious. And you realize, wow, they really were head and shoulders above mm-hmm. everyone else at that time. But at the know? same time, like. I think maybe we can all move on. It's like 2010. Like, there's been a lot of things since then. We can all, like, 
Yeah, the Beatles are great. Let's, so, let's talk about something else. Before this podcast, what comments do you think you made that generated the most hate mail for you? Because I <laughs> think you probably are going to break that record. But we're not, I'm not being anti-Beatles. I have no problem with the Beatles. I just not for me. No, no. Like there, there, there's a there's that saying. I don't know if you ever heard it when I was growing up. That was like, uh, there are two kinds of people in the world: that those people who like the Beatles and the people who like the Rolling Stones. And which one are you? I'm neither. And I've never been either. I thought it was the Beatles and Elvis. Is that the Beatles and Elvis? I've never heard that. Wasn't that Pulp Fiction? Uh, I don't know. I've always heard Beatles and Stones. Uh. Like if you like rock and roll. Um, And I will say that song "Golden Slumbers" I think is awesome. Really, really awesome, and I like how the three songs weave together, you know, kind of like Modest Mouse does. And uh, I'm sure hugely influential to like every artist out there right now. The Beatles were. It's just not for me, you know. All right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to be ne- negative or anti-Beatles. I don't want to. I made a fucking joke in an Achievement Hunter video about a month ago. We were doing uh, Jack and I were doing some Easter eggs in Fallout New Vegas, and they were the Monty Python Easter eggs. And I made a joke about how uh, these the Easter eggs were almost as overhyped as. Uh, fucking Monty Python themselves because I personally don't find Monty Python funny. That that got me a lot of hate mail, dude. So you hate anything from the UK is what I'm gathering here. <laughs> not at all, dude. Not at all. Absolutely not. I love every punk band to come out of the UK. I love Amy Winehouse. I, and the people are like, you just don't understand British humor. I love British humor, dude. I grew up with Benny Hill. That is the best. Way better than Monty Python. <laughs> okay. Faulty Towers? Love it. Doctor Who? Love it. Are yeah. you being served? <laughs> I never got into Are You Being okay. Served um, Red Dwarf Love it Okay Alright all right. All right. I feel like you're, you're very you're very. But that's the most hate mail I've ever received Was you're, talking you're, t- Saying that I think That Monty Python Is very dated And not funny It's funny to me That, that people are still Up in arms about that Because it just seems like Especially the people That are listening Were they really watching Monty? I mean it's old it's I, really I felt old. like It's older than me I looked And most of their stuff Came out like 73 to 75 yeah, I felt like yeah. when I was watching it Like in junior high It was old then Yeah And I was like God that was so fucking long ago now, I'm fucking old, dude. I'm 35 years old, and they put out Life of Brian like the year before I was born. You know? <laughs> okay, but – and I'm not – not to argue with you because we're getting along so well this morning. Um, fight, fight, But that fight, scene fight. in Life of Brian where the Roman soldier catches like the vandal or whatever, he's like – I'm sorry. It's still very funny. Like when he gives him the grammar lesson and like walks him through how to like – I don't know. What does he say? Like, get out, like, Romans or something like that. And, like, he... Romans go home, Romans go home. And he, like, messes up his Latin. So then, like, the Roman soldier takes him aside and he's like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong, like, here. And he gives him a whole, like, tutorial on how to... Anyway, still funny. Can I also say that I think, (laughs) on top of that, I think Terry Gilliam and John Cleese and Michael Palin are all very fucking funny. And I will watch any movie with uh, John Cleese in it. And I like most of the movies that Terry Gilliam directs, except for that fucking Brothers Grimm movie. It was a steaming pile of shit. I'm like, I, 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 Time Bandits is one of my favorite movies of all time. I yeah, like you, the dude. It does not hold up. Have you watched it recently? Time Bandits? Yeah, it was, it's very, very, very Near long. <laughs> and dear to my heart. Anyway, so what do you, what's up with you? Well, <laughs> we got off on a tangent, but after the, yeah, we the, the Beatles uh, talk, I was going to segue into more music talk with uh, the new Girl Talk album. That came oh. out what do you on think? Monday. Uh, it's good. I like it. Gus I, is talking I, about the new Girl Talk album all day, which came out Monday, Monday. and broke the internet. I think, I think it broke their internet. I yeah. don't know if it broke the internet proper. <laughs> Uh, I think I like uh, Feed the Animals more, his previous album, uh, just because this one seems like a little more mellow. But it's still good. It's still really good. I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit about it. I, I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about Mellow right now, so I, it's completely appealing to me. Yeah, Griffin and I were listening to it in bed last night. Not like sexy bed or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just like just married bed. Just okay, married, married bed. bed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Each on, like on the f- further side of the bed. As we well. were just That's like having a bed. we were just like having a conversation and listening to music and. Um, I, I I hit like I had I hit my point where I fell in love with the album that, that last night like it was like I, I agree with the mellow thing like it's not nearly as frantic mm-hmm. as Feed the Animals but like it kind of I don't know it works but, like, 
if what you're looking for is mellow, you it can't beat it. Yeah, and that's it's really good. I just tried to. I wanted to listen to it in the studio. I'm kind of um, I'm moving to the studio this week and hanging out with Monty back there. And so I was. I wanted to listen to the new album, so I was telling him about it. But then he wanted to. He had never heard uh, Girl Talk before, so I, I went and grabbed Feed the Animals out of the car, which is a lot more energetic. And then he's now just wanting to listen to that, and I've, oh, <laughs> I've listened to that album way too much. Um, but I'm letting him do his like work through the cycle right. of experiencing Girl Talk. But he listens to like club music first thing in the morning. Of course, his but it's not first thing in the morning. Like for him, for it's him. like middle of the He's night. He's about to hit the club. Yeah, so like he gets out. It's like eight in the morning, and I walk in, and it's just like techno. He's raving. Ten p.m. Yeah. He's got his glow sticks out <laughs> with with mocapping glow sticks. Uh, I will say this: I I thought it was like more stripped down too, and I was looking it up on Wikipedia. I think that the songs actually have more samples in them than the previous. They're just they they transition a lot smoother, mm-hmm. and you don't notice it as much. He's mm. got like he's a, lot, a little bit more subtle. I don't know, like he's he's refining his. He's stuff. matured. <laughs> I wish the uh, there was more of a recurring theme, like in uh, Feed the Animals. There was the whole uh, like play your part theme that I felt like was recurring. Mm-hmm. And kind of tied the whole album together. And while the whole album still flows together, you know, probably better than Feet the Animals did, there's no like recurring theme, if that makes yeah. sense. I it's agree a little bit that. more ambient. Right. And yeah. it kind of just, and mm-hmm. which is nice. I think for working, it's nice because it doesn't I could see that. Yeah, quite hit you point. in the face with the music, but you can get, get into it. There's like an artist flow, though. Like, he doesn't use the same songs over and over again, but he uses Rihanna over and over and over again. And he uses Lady Gaga yeah. a lot. He just uses different songs and different cuts. But I found that that to be interesting. And like, I felt like. Uh, Jay Z was in almost every song. While I was looking it up <laughs> the last problem, night. the problem with Girl Talk is that once you start to listen to it, um, it's hard to listen to those songs like yeah. the originals anymore. Because it's, it's like, hard to listen to normal music. You can't listen to just one song at a time. You got to have like three or four going at once. Yeah, it's, and, it's and true. It's, and the, or if, like we made the mistake when we first were introduced to it. We're like, oh, this is great. This is great. I love this little bit. So we went and bought all the originals. We're like, obviously we're gonna love this. And we bought a lot of bad music because <laughs> like we like one little part of the song that he used, yeah. but the rest of the song was horrible. And you realize, oh, that's why he took that one bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or he took that bit that wasn't even good in the song and he you know put a track behind it to make somehow it good. made it good yeah. yeah so i was glad to see that there was another uh, missy elliott section yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Missy elliott. Okay. Missy elliott. yeah I, I didn't like what he did with the ramones there but i like the missy elliott i stuff. actually i liked it you said that it made the ramones list interesting but i think that it was the space it was like the timing that made it interesting hmm. i can see that you've got some kind of weird he was playing the pauses <laughs> <laughs> you gotta listen between the notes are you making a reference to the new karate kid yeah, okay. I was actually. That's just something people say anyway. <laughs> okay, I, I, had, I had no idea what was going on. Griffin and I, Griffin and I watched Kid. the new Karate Kid. Did you? It was, yeah. I actually, I really liked it, and Millie loved it. So it was pretty good. She ran around the house trying to punch us. <laughs> that seems like the, the appropriate reaction. No, appropriate reaction probably would have been a kick. Yeah, she kicks too. Okay. Yeah. She kicks hard, dude. She goes straight for the knees. She's got huge feet. I watched uh, Grown Ups the other day. You uh, did not streaming. like it. No, that movie was terrible. I, Jeff liked it more than I, but we watched it. It was the first thing we watched um, on the TV. We were play, we have to replace uh-huh. our old one. And so we got one that, I don't know what the deal is. Like, it just doesn't look right. It's got 120 hertz refresh rate as our old TV had a 60 or 65. And it makes television look like a British sitcom. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And yeah. so I couldn't get over it. Like, it, it, just, might have, it might have been that movie. That movie was terrible. Was it? Yeah. It, it so takes bad, some getting used to get into it. Yeah. No, it's, it's translated into other stuff we've watched too. But um, I will say... I don't know what it is about the dude, but Colin Quinn makes me laugh. No matter what, if I see Colin Quinn, I'm laughing. Yeah. And the guy with the crooked eye that it was his that I, was his buddy. When I first saw Colin Quinn, I thought he was Ed O'Neill as Al Bundy. Like I was like, <laughs> it's like is that Al Bundy? No, that's Colin Quinn. He what did the look fuck? Al Bundy-ish. Well, yeah. he's, he's getting up there. Man, have you tried? I, the other night, Jeff passed out on the floor like at 10 p.m. So I was kind of up to entertaining myself. So I decided to try to rewatch Married with Children because I found it on Netflix. 
I can't watch that anymore. It's just completely unwatchable. I, th- I think it was pretty unwatchable when it first came out. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I guess it was just like, I don't know how old I was, but just like I had, when I was younger, and I think this is typical for a lot of teenagers, you just are in- have insomnia. Like mm-hmm. you just can't sleep at night. So when, I would watch like horrible, bad television, but it was more enjoyable, I guess, in context. You right. guys are crazy. That show is watchable just for every scene with Christina Applegate in it. <laughs> I don't know how you could. I mean, I I have no idea what I've watched well, Meredith a thousand times. I have no idea what the show's about, but I know every outfit that she wore <laughs> in every episode. I will say I do like the dog. I don't know what kind of breed that is, but the dog is awesome. It was just some mutt, wasn't like it? A sheep I dog guess so, but yeah, it was cool looking dog. Uh, so how, you said you were watching? Where did you watch it on Netflix? Evidence streaming? I think so. It must have been. Netflix. Yeah, it was Netflix streaming. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't want to buy anything, but I wouldn't. Re- I wouldn't buy it. You know. Has there been any news on when Hulu's coming to the Xbox? Uh, when they announced it, they said that it would be coming in uh, early next year, I believe. I think Sony just opened up Hulu to everyone. You don't have to be PlayStation I'm pretty sure they Plus did. anymore. I think anyone can do it on the PS3. So, I think what Microsoft said is that they weren't going to do – like they wanted Hulu on the Xbox to be an Xbox experience, like a full Xbox experience with like Connect support and all of that. So they weren't just going to like – they weren't just going to like copy and paste Hulu into the X, into the like the dashboard mm-hmm. and have it be its own like you know half-assed kind of way. And so they wanted to take the time to develop Hulu properly for the Xbox. Well, I could see that. I feel like the Netflix I, I totally implementation on the 360 is way better than the implementation on the PS3 and on my other Blu-ray player I have. Well, PS3 they finally just dropped the disc, right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, good for PS3 owners because uh, that disc is fucking retarded. Yeah. So, but yeah, the 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 Netflix experience and it gets better every update. Like the search functionality. Oh, thank God there's search. There, there. You know, I, I used to have Apple TV before I get stolen, and uh, <laughs> the search on Apple TV is so slow and kludgy compared to the way they have search on Netflix. It's great. I just want to get Connect support into Netflix. Finally. Yeah, I hear you. It's coming, right? Uh, hopefully. Down the road. But I guess uh, Hulu also announced today that they're dropping the price on Hulu Plus. To seven ninety nine. Yeah, and now it's open to where anyone can sign up. Yeah, and oh. uh, anyone who was in the premium paid nine ninety nine a month, I guess, gets that credit back for the extra money they spent. Oh, we do. Yeah, that's it. You were in the program too, right? Yep. Yeah, I signed up like the day it came out. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, so I highly recommend everyone everyone sign up for that because it's uh it's well worth it. Yeah, so it'll be on the three sixty soon. It will be. Yeah, someday. So have you been playing a lot of uh, what have you been playing over at Cheapen Hunter? Uh, I've been playing personally a lot of Fable 3, uh, Jack handled Call of Duty and Star Wars, Force Unleashed 2, and then I'm transitioning into Brotherhood right now, which is a really good game. I might actually, I'm Maybe game about, of the year contender. I still have to finish Fable 3 and I haven't really had time to play it, but now I'm seeing you watch Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and I'm like, oh, maybe I want to switch. <laughs> like, yeah, she was watching me play last night. She's like, so this pretty. game is so pretty. It's very pretty. It's a shame <laughs> about all the killing. I'd like to just play it. Now, that's the thing. Sometimes, like, I kind of like to just wander around in video games, and I just hate sometimes when I'm like, oh, I'm getting attacked again. I just wanted to look at this building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like real life. <laughs> it also has the uh, the functionality in that game where you can buy properties and manage them and that whole thing, too. So that's super appealing to her. So I know. I love it. And it's, yeah. She owns every building in Fable 3. Do you? All, right, all the ones available You, you must, you must pay a, a lot of repair money. I do. <laughs> she does. Yeah, but it's worth it. I wish that was a little easier. Happy I wish there was a, a, an easier interface for the repair. I agree with that. Well, here's the thing. Fable 3 is a lot more like streamlined, but it's streamlined the point of the game out of it to me. Like, I don't know. I don't enjoy it as much as Fable 2. And I, I was hoping to just... I don't know. I was, I've been focused on just beating the game and like getting uh-huh. through the story. And then later on, like, and this sort of happened with Fable 2 too. Like after I beat the game, then I had a lot more fun with it because I was just doing the fun stuff. But the fun stuff's kind of taken out of Fable 3 because it was, I think, make, to make it simpler for people. 
I don't like – the one thing that I really don't like, and I didn't realize that I liked it in Fable 2, I don't like that they've taken the skill out of interacting with – Yes. Other with NPCs, like in Fable oh, Two, you yeah, had the prog, the, you had the bar, and you had to yeah. try to hit it to, yeah. to, to like and have great interaction. You could also pick, and I, maybe you can do this in Fable Three. I just haven't figured it out to pick what interaction you have. But you it just, you can buy those interaction packs in yeah. the uh, Road to Rule. I did buy them, oh, but, but really? they just come up. As far as I can tell, they just pop up randomly. Right? Yeah, you have to select what they have, like either a good one or a bad one. You can't choose you can't which choose good one which or one. which bad. I also don't understand why the icons float around. Yeah, like yeah. there's no. It's always the same. You're like and good, like middle, bad. You know? I also wonder why you can't just perform an expression just to perform it. Like in Fable Two, you could just perform it, and then people would see it and they'd react. Now you have to like choose a specific yeah. person, and only they react. You know, that's well, a really good. I point. do kind of. I, I will say I do. I don't mind that aspect of Fable Three. Where like you select the person, you go into this other sort of zone where you're only talking to them because sometimes it was like you were saying Esther when she was playing, she would she, at least she said that like she would actually be like kissing or flirting yeah. with somebody who wasn't her husband. <laughs> yeah, by she accident, was trying to select her husband and it didn't work out. <laughs> another, that doesn't work in real life, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> another problem I had with Fable Two was like the, the downside to doing that those. Um, expressions to a group of people is they when they'd start following you and they'd follow you into a house and then you couldn't get out because there were like so many yeah, people crowded around you that's true and it's even worse with yeah. multiplayer like or not multiplayer what's the when co-op. Somebody's co-op co-op yeah and then it's like you can't get anywhere yeah but luckily you don't get throngs of people following you in your house anymore yeah it's like it's kind of six of, six of one half dozen of the other you know it's like i appreciate the improvements i kind of miss some elements but i can understand why they were taken out but you know you lose some of the fun but you have less aggravation in general playing the game you know right plus when you had all those people following you in fable 2 the frame rate would fucking die yeah it would and that was the worst you get like 10 people following you and you're like oh shit well we're gonna have five frames a second now for the, until i get out of town just do some magic fucking disperse them i yeah. do like that as a girl you don't get like you don't suddenly look like I don't know if you fought at all or you ate anything to heal yourself. Like you just got like yeah. huge and non-feminine. And, I like, kind of miss the idea of the body change. I mean, I know that yeah. your weapons modify and that's cool, but I miss like scars and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I do. I, I kind of miss that you had you had to do that more. Like you had to go and buy put. Like if you wanted to be thin, you had to go get thinning put. Like now I, I feel or like celery. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I just don't feel like there's that level of intricacy that I really liked. And I know that it maybe made things slowed things down for people who just wanted to play the game. Right. But uh, my, my wife hated that being evil made you like look evil and ugly in Fable Two. She wanted a Dorian Gray sort of scenario, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, painting in her attic. And she was always <laughs> like, she said she was always like looking around for uh, for celery. Yeah. She was always eating like <laughs> that was eating one, food that and was health. That was part of uh, Fable Two. Like you just knew all the places. You're like, okay, well, if I want to get cute again, I gotta go here. Yeah, and, like, I gotta you buy know, a bunch of celery. Islands. All that stuff. That's another thing too. It's like. You still have like your meat vendors and your food vendors and stuff, but I beat the game without ever eating a yeah. single piece of food because there was no point. You know, I never felt an impetus to get it. I you don't really dig it up or anything. You just I it was just all potions. Yeah, and usually get potions and chests right before a big like right. Big they, fight, they, so. they they definitely give you potions when you're when you when you when they know you're going to need them. I feel like it's Fable with training wheels. I feel like it's kind of hmm. a little. Bit. Oh, speaking of uh, that, did you guys see the Fable DLC announcement? I didn't tell you about this. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, there's uh, in Bowerstone. The DLC is going to be you're going to discover a city under Bowerstone called Understone, I think. <laughs> and uh, you're going to go and that's going to quest down there and explore and meet all these people and figure out who's controlling them. And then there's going to be some like arena type stuff where you they repurpose Reaver's Arena into a thing that you can go and do challenges in. And oh, uh, cool. it comes out next week, I think. 
So um, next week or the week after? That's cool. They, they, well, they announced the first New Vegas DLC as well. Like today. a tr- treasure kind of thing or What's something? What's it called? Yeah, Dead Money, I think Dead, it's called. Yeah. Are, you, um, are you still playing? Or are you done with uh, New Vegas? Uh, I finished it. When the DLC comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it and I'll go back and play it. Okay. What are you playing right now? Um, right now, I'm kind of between stuff. I was playing Fable 3 and uh, I've kind of put that on hold for a little while. I've, I've been playing some Black Ops. I've been playing, actually, for fun... I've been playing Reach again. Uh, I, the other day, I decided I wanted to figure out how to get Carter's helmet. There's a Avatar award uh-huh. to get Carter's helmet. You have to beat a level on Legendary without dying. And I wanted to see how hard that would be. And I was able to do it. And actually, Carrie made a video. I had Carrie make a video for it. That we'll put up today. But uh, um, and then I started. You know, I still have to get my Lieutenant Colonel, and I'm a Captain right now. So I started playing. Um, and it, it doesn't get me any closer. I don't get any CR for playing it, but now that Infection is its own game type, man, I could play that for hours on hours <laughs> on hours. That game is so much... I don't know what it is about Infection, but that is such a fun game type. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So that's what I've been playing for fun at home lately. What are you playing, Griffin? Oh, um, actually, I've been really busy. We've been kind of amping up production here. So Jeff's been kind of, like, he finishes and then he'll go and, like, be the good parent, and I haven't really been home much. So yeah, J- I'll be Jeff- a good parent. I'll throw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in Millie's face, and then I'll go play Halo. And they're like, hey, been playing games for two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we have a... But the problem right now is that our living room has nothing... Like, we... The thing about getting robbed that sucked, like, we got robbed. We got robbed when we were out of the house, and all of our furniture was pushed off into storage, and uh-huh. so... But we've been too tired to, like, put the house back together. So we, we've got robbed, but it feels like every single thing in our lives was taken because there's nothing in the house. <laughs> so we've been sitting on pillows on the living room floor. I feel like, like I'm 19 floor. again in my first apartment. Yeah. Nice. It's terrible. It's, well, I think at 19 I had more furniture. <laughs> like I had a chair at least. There's nothing worse than having to sit on the floor. But at least the floors are new. You just had them redone, oh, right? Oh, they're beautiful. And I'm actually – that's something now. Like I don't really want to move our shitty furniture back in because it's all torn up by the cats. And it's the floor is so pretty. I don't want to like – it's going to make everything else look worse. Mm. But I don't know. Griffin's fucking cat decided to celebrate the new floors by pissing in all the floor vents, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. She's mad at she us. She four times. So that was great. Hey, you saw the uh, – you saw the I've, I've been excited about a movie for a long time that I heard was coming out called Your Highness. <laughs> <laughs> Danny McBride <laughs> and uh, – Yeah, James um, Franco. James Franco and Natalie Portman and uh, Zoe Dachanel. And uh, it got announced like maybe a year ago, and it's like supposed to be like a medieval version of Pineapple Express is how it was described. Right. Did you see the Red Band trailer today? Yeah, I did. Whoa. That, 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 might, was, and that was dis- really disappointing. That might be the longest trailer I've ever seen in my life. I don't think I've ever seen that many people I like in something I like that little. You know? It was know, terrible. Why, why make the trailer? I mean, why make the trailer that long? You have to see it. I don't know. It, um, it seems like for that, you might want to just like pick a one or two little choice things. It was also weird to me that like the first half of the trailer was like they're trying to go like super slapstick comedy, and mm-hmm. then like halfway through, it's like you know super action movie. Then then it goes back to comedy. It's like, yeah, it felt like a yeah. fourteen minute trailer. Oh, I will say this though: Natalie Portman was in a thong in it. That was pretty cool. A medieval yeah, thong. Well, medieval thong. James Franco's in it, so there you go. Yeah, what do you do? There's something for everyone. Oh my god. And uh, Danny McBride <laughs> does not do the British accent well. That's, that's yeah, going to be hard to listen to. He, and I, part of his charm is that like kind of rednecky sort of thing he's got going, you know. And it's like he just took that away. So wouldn't, what does he? What does he have? Wouldn't it have been funnier if they all just had their normal American accent <laughs> in like in that setting? Wouldn't that like that in itself have been hilarious? Sort of like what is that Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court? Yeah, exactly. Style, like, or like Martin Lawrence in Black Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, we'll we'll see. I think that movie comes out early next year. Maybe maybe it'll be okay. It's true. I've seen bad trailers for great movies before. Right. So, never know. We were not blown away by the first uh, Avatar trailer, but that movie turned out to be awesome. Go ahead and open it. See who's there. All right. 
Come in. You, I can't get out of Do you know how to open a door? Yeah. What's up, Monty? Monty wants to know, uh, for anybody listening to the podcast right now, Monty wants to know where the Radio Shack is. <laughs> oh, your, I didn't your know computer there was might know at RadioShack.com. <laughs> Maps.google.com slash Radio Shack 78748. Hey, Jeff, I have a metaphor for you. A metaphor for me. Okay, what is it? Remember when we were playing? Do you want to use the microphones and get in on this? <laughs> Here you go. Monty. Remember when we were playing, we were first playing Halo Reach, and you were like, how can games not be art? Right, because they had like those cool sculptures and stuff. I do remember that. Right, and it's like I remember you guys were really surprised when you heard that. Um, what was his name? Roger Ebert was would say games is not art. Sure, because he's a smart guy, right? I, I wouldn't say surprised, just disappointed. Yeah, right, right. Um, I'd say the metaphor for that would be you could hang a, the Mona Lisa in a strip club, but that doesn't change the fact that you're standing in a strip club doesn't change the fact that it's still the Mona Lisa, though. Right, but the Mona Lisa is art, but what you do in a strip club is an art. Uh, that maybe not to you, but to some of us it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely that, that, art. That's uh, questionable at best. But I think that you have, there's something to be said. I think that what you're saying is context is sort of how right, you interpret right. things. And that's true. I mean, if you take – I mean, there are a lot of – there's a lot of art. Like we went and – where did we go? Uh, strip the, club. No, 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 no. In <laughs> London we, when we were there visiting Gavin. I heard Texas has a lot of good strip clubs. British strip club, yeah. I know what you're okay, talking no, about. No, no, please. Just answer my question. The museum we went to. It was the, Oh, the Tate Modern. Tate Modern. There's a lot of stuff in there that – really does not seem that like great or that took a lot of skill to do or even like a lot of i don't know i don't know just isn't that awesome but you put it in a giant awesome museum um and you frame it right it's great and it's art and it's considered art because you're there looking at art right right well art doesn't have to be difficult right i mean there's beauty and simplicity it's all about the expression and the statement but presentation presentation plays a lot but back 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 to gaming right um a game a game isn't defined by just you know what it's contained it's also about what you do with it so like i think maybe the argument against gaming and art is just be like uh, you know you can put as much art into it that doesn't mean that doesn't make the game itself art you could make the exact same argument about strippers it's what you do with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's how you work what you got yeah that's what we're getting down gotcha. to here all right that's enough for me i've never understood why people get so impassioned about what robert you know what roger ebert said about gaming not being art you know what does it matter it's not his medium goodbye all right see, right, see you money i think the the problem is is that He's such a liked and respected and insightful and smart dude that pretty much everybody, if you know who Roger Ebert is, you like him. And he's a really likable guy and he's a smart guy. And not just in the realm of movies, but he's he's politically smart and he's socially smart. And if you follow him on Twitter or you read his blogs, the guy's a really interesting dude. So it's just disappointing to see somebody who you respect on that level be so dismissive of something that's so important to so many people. But, you know, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, people get so impassioned about it and always want to talk about it. It's like, yeah, we talked about it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I know. How, no, how long ago did you say that? You know, four or five years ago? Uh, it's been a while. Then the, he, like, reiterated right. it. But, yeah, who cares, right? Just I mean, play your fucking video games and yeah. have fun. Play games. If you know it's art, it's art. You yeah. know, it's it, it's all about what it is to you, I guess, right? It's, that's Absolutely. what art is, right? It's yeah. how you interpret it. So not a big deal. So if, you, if you think it's art, you can make it art. You have the magic in your hands, in your eyes. <laughs> the power-up is in you. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Um, did you see that article that came out last week? Or is it this week? Whatever. It came out over the weekend that 
the U.S. was smuggling Nazi scientists into the U.S. after World War II. It's fucking crazy, dude. That is so fucking crazy. That's talk about video games. That's a plot of like ev- of like every like pseudo World War II video game you've ever played. Yeah, right? or I like, feel like I'm playing like, a, this is like a Wolfenstein article or like an alternate reality game where it's like yeah. you know in World War II the Germans won or. You know, Nazi scientists were smuggled out and worked on secret government programs. What was that mech game you used to play on the... Steel Battalion? No, on the Xbox, it was... It maybe read something that it was... Uh, it was exactly that. And the game started with a bunch of, like, old war footage oh, of Nazis right. winning World War II. And then you were, like, fighting mechs in, like, the 80s, but you still had, like, all the World War II era technology. Yeah, what game was that? Red... It wasn't, like, Red Steel or Red... Some red, red ugh, fuck. I don't remember. You loved that game, though. You played it a lot. Yeah, that was, was an Xbox game. One game. Xbox game. Or it might have been PS2. No, I think it was Xbox. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It wasn't... It was, no, I don't know. You, you got me stumped. All right, sorry. I remember when we lived together, you were always playing it. Well, if you find it, you can link it later. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up later. And uh, it's going to drive me crazy. I'm not going to be able to think about anything else for the rest of uh, the rest of the... The podcast. The, yeah, the craziest thing, while you're uh, obsessed with that, the craziest thing about that article is that, you know, we smuggled all of the Nazi, not all, I'm sure, but like a lot of Nazi science, what Gus is talking about, we smuggled a ton of Nazi scientists into America at the end of World War II because we didn't want uh, the rest of the world to get them because yeah. these were some smart motherfuckers. And uh, s- what they've discovered now, I think, was it NBC, Gus, that, that figured yeah, this I, out? I heard on NBC. Like, the government commissioned... A study to determine what happened to all of the those scientists at the end of World War II that just kind of disappeared, and in the early 2000s they compl- they came to the conclusion that oh we the government of we the United States government actually brought them to America and put them to work secretly, and so they buried the study and like tried to tried to bury it so that it never got like, like it never saw the light of day, and then NBC broke it a couple weeks ago or maybe even last week, and uh, the crazy thing is is that they were all most of them were were like rocket propulsion scientists and uh, or a lot of them were and that the explosive growth we had when we caught up to Russia in the space program was all fueled by those Nazi scientists. Yeah, Nazi like, scientists put us on the moon. The Nazi it was a uh, like the scientist who was working on the V2 rockets for Germany is the guy who invented the Saturn V rocket that yeah. the Apollo missions used to uh, to get to the moon. So you know, Hitler put us on the moon <laughs> in a lot of ways, which is fucking crazy. Well that it kind of goes to show that, I mean, you have somebody who's talented. They're usually working forever, you know, able to support their research or whatever. It doesn't Or who's mean, captured them and put them in a laboratory and right, said, we'll like, kill your family. Right. So, I mean, you can't always, I don't know. I mean, I know there's that whole, like, I was just following orders kind of thing, which you can't really agree with. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people, if they're pushed into something and they're told this is the only way you're going to go to jail if you don't do this, then. Dude, I mean, it's how Iron Man came to be, right? <laughs> very good point. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> necessity is the mother of invention. Dude had to break out. Um, all right. Well, we shouldn't go too long because we. I know we have a lot of production stuff that we need to wrap up today. We do. We do. We um, before we take off, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? Uh, we I want to mention that Connect sold one point one point three million units worldwide in the first ten, 10 days, days in a US, in the Americas, and then four days in the rest of the world. Yeah. which is, awesome. is fucking awesome. It sold nine hundred and fifty thousand units in America in the first ten days, and uh, as compared to the to the move, which had in a month, I think, sold like 250,000. Oh, really? I didn't heard the move numbers. Yeah, the move numbers were about identical. I think they sold like 1.1 million, but almost all of their sales were in Europe. Oh, and it's like it's like a, the reverse. I mean, it, the the move did very well in Europe and did a lot better than the connect than connect in Europe. But I guess they have a larger installed fan base there. 
so yeah, but uh, Connect seems to be a smash hit for Microsoft. I think I even read that it sold about as many they sold about as many Connects in the first ten days as Wii's were sold in the first ten days. Oh, that's crazy. Which is crazy to but, think about. But then you also take into consideration supply constraints. supply constraints. Yeah. So also, I read that uh, the 360 has sold three and a half million copies this year, and it's the it won the console uh, battle this year. 360 outsold Wii and uh, PS3 handily this year. Wow. Yeah. So good for them. Um, I have a one little thing before we go. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know who's been asking me. Um, immersion is going to come out soon. It's going to come out really soon. I can't give like a specific date, but um, for anyone asking, it's still around, and we're about to start releasing episodes. Yeah, one of the things we like to do, maybe I should clarify, one of the things we like to do, uh, especially with an unproven concept like Immersion, is we like to get five or six or seven episodes under our belt before we start to release them because it gives us a cushion, a production cushion, but also... Uh, you don't want to make like an episode, think it's something, and this is, I would recommend this for anybody who wants to make an online series. You don't want to make like a first episode and go, oh yeah, this is great, and put it up, and then have people the next seven days later going, hey, where's episode two? And you realize that it was a lot harder to make, or things yeah. didn't work out the way you wanted it to, or you weren't happy with the way the production went, and then you go, oh shit, I can't, I either can't release it or I have to release something I'm not happy with. And so we've got five or six immersions under our belt now. Yeah, and part of the part of it too is that when we started in our heads, it was like an easy concept that would be easily achievable, and it's turned out to be a little bit more complex as far as production. Well, production all the science, is. right? Right. <laughs> lots of lots of precise measurement there involved. You go. So, we had to get a slide rule, and then we had to hire somebody to teach us how to use it. <laughs> so, I don't even know what a slide rule is. Yeah. Know. Anyway, no, it's reference. It's on its way. Don't worry. Okay. Great. There you go. All right. Is that it? I think so. Uh, Revelation CDs in, in uh, iTunes and oh, in yeah, stores. That, uh, that, that, yeah, you said like you said that just came out this week. Yeah, and, uh, RT Shorts season two. Is that right? Oh yeah, Shorts pre-order RT Shorts season two. season two. That's on our website, not iTunes. Not iTunes. And uh, I think I saw. Um, I think I saw, and I could be wrong about this, but I think I saw reconstruction and maybe recreation on Zoom Marketplace last night. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm, you might want to double check that. And then cut this out if that's not correct. Well, maybe everyone should go check. Maybe everyone should go check. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.